He won't be ready. He'll, all right, hit record. Ah, dang it. Hello. I got an air. I got an air. <laughs> Shut up. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 20 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie, and back from my first cross-country trip since 2020. Happy episode 66 Zero. I can't prove it, but I bet we are now within the top one-tenth of 1% of podcasts on Apple in terms of number of episodes. With me, I have my co-host, Uncle Barbecue, who is celebrating five years here at Zscaler. Congrats, and may I say it's been an honor working with you, despite your questionable hairstyles. So you know what the saying is, right? Uh, Time flies when you're on the longest two-week lockdown in history. Uh, Is anyone wondering what I'm going to do to celebrate my five years here at Zscar? Always. I'm going to buy a bidet, baby. <laughs> You're going the bidet route. <laughs> yes, sir. Are, are you doing this just to save toilet paper, or do you just like the feeling of something on the uh, on the good old rectum there? Well, it, it's <laughs> it's complicated, right? So one time I used it, and I, like, I don't want to get too into the details, but I started to salivate. And I looked into this, and apparently, like, there's a sympathetic nerve that uh, is kind of tied to, like, different parts of your body, your rectum being one of them. So, long story short, I made my, my I, I rang my own dinner bell while taking a so, dump. So, wait, wait, Brian. Yeah, salivate? Because you're not supposed to use that thing as a water fountain. It's supposed to be on the other end. No, no, no. It just, <laughs> it just uh, weird things have happened. All right, Brian. Well, there was no need to get graphic on the Zoom here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do want to see though is Deech with some hair. He he sent a picture to our group chat uh, a while ago when he met Joe Rogan about ten years ago, and he still didn't have hair back then. So I want to see Deech with a full lock of of head head of hair. It will be high school, like right after high school. I started shaving it, so I'll, I'll find uh, it yeah. in your book. Maybe it's on that pink camera on one of those little uh, SD there you cards. Go. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> And we have Glenn Medina, always the jet setter. Thank you for always making time for the show, no matter where you are and where you're broadcasting from this week. Everyone, thanks. Happy to be back. I am in Southern California, sunny Southern California and uh, Huntington Beach to be exact. We're here to celebrate my daughter's uh, master's degree graduation. No, sorry, not graduation. It's her pinning ceremony tonight. So one of many um, events that are happening over the next uh, two to three weeks here. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, congratulations. Must be a proud papa proud. moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's turning 25. Oh, no, she turned 25. I turned 50. So she's half my age. And uh, it's good. It's it's a litmus test of uh, what uh, my wife and I have uh, have uh, have done for her for the last 25 years in preparation for adulthood. So we feel very proud of her. Great. She's not going to degenerate like you. Well, no guests this week. Our scheduled guests had to drop out at last minute due for unforeseen circumstances, but we do have some great, great guests lined up for the next few weeks, so we'll be sure to reschedule today's guests too. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. 
for our opening topic in commemorating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, which was originally only a week until 1990 when it was extended to run the entire month of May, I wanted to share a story with you that I heard last week from someone I know. It really blew my mind and I thought it was too good not to share on the pod. And just so you know, it's not InfoSec related in any way. It's got some setup, so please stick with me. I guarantee it's worth a listen. I had dinner with a group of friends last week, and someone from the group told us a story about how his family immigrated here to America. His family was originally from China, and they fled China during the Chinese Revolution. They went to Vietnam, which is where a lot of the Chinese refugees uh, went. And the dream was to come to America, but before doing so, they had to go to a staging area in Thailand, where there they were held and vetted before allowed to travel over the ocean. I'm going to change a few of the names and the details to keep it anonymous, but it won't affect the story in any way. Well, when my friend's family made it to Thailand, he was around four at the time, and they were housed in basically a warlord's camp. I don't know if it was the U.S. contracting with the locals in Thailand to stage immigrants or how that happened, but they ended up in this camp, and the conditions were, let's say, not so great. Food was scarce, and the physical beatings were handed out regularly to the adult males in this camp. My friend's uncle was regularly subjected to these beatings, and there was one guard in particular who picked on him and made his life really difficult, and he eventually earned the nickname Joe the Tiger. Joe would beat his uncle within inches of his life, often breaking bones, and was just an absolute savage. Well, thankfully, his family got to leave Thailand, and he came by boat to the U.S. where they did not have to worry about that ever again. And to this day, my friend's uncle, he will never go back to Thailand. He doesn't even eat Thai food because he just has horrible memories of anything Thai-related. Fast forward about 30 years, my friend and his family, minus the uncle, since he wouldn't go, they went back to Thailand for a a leisure trip, and they hired a local tour guide there. And the tour guide, funny enough, they asked them, were you housed at a certain camp at a certain date? And indeed, it was the camp that they were at. And then the tour guide asked them, did you happen to know a guard there named Joe the Tiger? And they said yes. And the tour guide told them, he's actually the nephew of that guard, Joe the Tiger, and he knew that his nephew was a tour guide who regularly interacted with American tourists. So apparently what happened was after... Joe the Tiger, he left the camp. He actually converted. He became a a Buddhist monk and was seeking to make amends with his past. And he asked his nephew to basically ask every tourist that he encountered, ask them if, if they were American, if they were at the camp, so that he could actually tell them how truly sorry he was for what happened. Now, you know, they say to forgive and forget, but, you know, I don't know if I could forgive someone who did that. I 100% thought you were going to say that the guy, Joe the Tiger, was actually Joe Exotic from Tiger <laughs> Did anybody else think that? How the story been? That would have been a just, twist. <laughs> just like Deech like fashion. Let's take this somewhere else. <laughs> no, all right. Well, I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, that was crazy. Like, what a coincidence that was. Yeah, I'll be the first to tell you. I mean, I my family immigrated here from the Philippines, and I always hear these things about how the police are unjust here in the United States. And I'll be first to tell you, we have it good. We have it well over here. 
corruption. Um, while there are some here in the United States, it's not as bad as what you think there are in other countries. Uh, and the Philippines is specifically one of those countries. And I've lived in many countries and I've visited many countries. So, um, yeah, I could see where some of this could be taken and construed the wrong way, but it is, you know, it is good to hear that people um, turn around and become Buddhist monks and, 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 and try to do reparations for what they've done. But yeah, I, that's, that's really harsh on someone. Yeah. I go back and I can't even begin to even think of a tough story growing up. that would be anywhere on that level. And I had, a, you know, I had a pretty damn good, I think. You had flushing toilets, you had running water, uh, you know, so yeah, it can't be that bad. But what's odd is that his uncle would not even eat Thai food, and he's from Thailand, right? Is that... Yeah, so his, his uncle is uh, with them, so originally from China, then they went to Vietnam. Oh, really? and then, okay. Yeah, they were held in Thailand before they were allowed to come here to the U.S., but anything wow. Thai-related, because I guess they ate you know, Thai food at the camp, and any, any kind of memory associated with Thailand just was not for him. Wow. Does he throw away stuff that's made in Taiwan? I don't know if it goes that far, but uh, yeah, he'll, he'll never get rid of these alarm clocks. Damn it. (laughs) I will not wear this shirt. (laughs) I'm trying to think, do I have anything made in Taiwan within an arm's reach here? No, my Glock isn't. So, well, Taiwan is a totally separate country than Thailand. So you're, I'm sorry, Thailand. Yeah. Thank you. The, uh, the, the cup that Glenn is laughing at me, uh, the cup that Glenn got me is made in China. Sorry, as as are most things nowadays. Is anything made in Thailand? Uh, Textiles, I would think. Yeah, so I think shirts and clothing, I think, think are made there. Was it uh, Nike that had a plant out there? Some shoe manufacturer had a couple of plants out there as well. I I guess maybe as the economy got better and industrialized, and they didn't have to depend on that type of labor market, and now it's it's very much industrial and uh, past industrialization right like some of the yeah. other countries are yeah. yeah i can't find anything vietnam is as close as i'm getting outside of china in yeah. my office everything else is made in the usa including my shirt including your shirt yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> maybe not <laughs> no it really is all right well for our first story i i made a joke actually at the beginning of the pandemic that anyone who doesn't think alcohol stores are not in essential service uh, is is crazy because there's there's some post on on next door that says you know, why are these liquor stores allowed to stay open why are they considered essential and i just made some off off the cuff joke about that well people assisting ukraine in the current russia ukraine conflict tend to agree that this is an essential service a new report shows that actors working on the side of ukraine are launching disruptive ddos attacks against a portal deemed essential for the distribution of alcohol inside of Russia. Several vodka and alcohol distributors inside of Russia are reporting that they are unable to access the EGAIS portal as required by the government regulations. As a result, alcohol shipments in Russia have effectively ground to a halt, creating a shortage at retail stores. Alcohol distillers are now cutting back on production since their inventory is too full. They've got these boxes piling up. They can't ship them out setting up for a future supply chain problem. The EGAIS portal is listed as one of the targets on the Ukraine IT Army's Telegram channel of targets to hit, so it's reasonable to assume that they are behind the attack. 
This is yet another example of the world coming together to punish Russia for their invasion of Ukraine without actually attacking any critical infrastructure. So was I the only one that was using alcohol as hand, as hand sanitizer when this whole thing pandemic came? <laughs> That's that was my reason why I, I, I smelled like a drunk inside of a car. So you got hand handles of vodka for, for sanitizing <laughs> reasons. Just, That's right. <laughs> not me. I didn't not, I just rubbed some dirt on it. And hope for the best. No big deal. Uh, I'm I'm stoked that Ukraine's not you know take, like it's cool that they're they're fighting on the streets, but it's also great that they're taking this cyber, right? We always talk about the next uh, wave of of war is going to be based on some type of you know cyber attacks and whatnot. So I'm glad to see that they get in their ducks in a row. But it does make me wonder like how much of that 40 billion we're trying to send over there is going towards the this DDoS infrastructure. As far as I know, the forty billion is for kinetic lethal aid. I think it's it's a ton of those javelin missiles. Have you have you guys ever seen a javelin missile in action? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty cool. Glenn I mean, I, I was just yeah. in Ukraine the other day, but yeah, <laughs> enlighten the enlighten the listeners, Chris. It's it's basically a a missile. So we had tremendous success with it. I, I want to say it was in Iraq in 2003. I don't think they were around when Glenn may or may not have been in that region of the world. But essentially what it is, it's it's a fire and forget missile. So when you think of like an RPG, a, a rocket propeller grenade, you got to point it at your target, you hit a button and it flies in a straight line. It's it's ballistic. A, a javelin is uses, it's a heat seeking. So tanks give off a lot of heat. It's heat seeking. It can be fired from up to two miles away. It shoots the rocket maybe 10 feet in front of you. It just like pops out of the launcher and it flies straight up into the air and it comes straight down on top of your target because tanks are extremely vulnerable on the top. So tanks have very thick armor on the side. They have explosive armor on the side. So like if an RPG comes in, a piece of the armor can blow up and blow up the rocket before it hits the tank, but they're extremely vulnerable from the top. Uh, and these things cost 200000 a apiece, uh, but they are highly, highly effective at, at taking out things like tanks. Have you ever heard of the, uh, there's this one weapon that I think we had on the Humvees, and uh, Glenn, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but they would basically shoot, uh, for lack of better words, an armor-piercing <clears throat> armor round that had a uranium rod in it, and it would go through the the uh the vehicle like the tank so quick that like literally the insides of you would just be vacuumed out and anybody inside of that vehicle would be dead you guys know about that i think there's a tank round they have a sabo round that's similar to that um there was something called a ralphus round a ralphus uh i think it's like mark 250 or something where it, you could shoot out of a 50 cal so a 50 cal modus could be mounted on top of a humvee and there would be a tungsten steel penetrating dart inside the middle. So it would hit the hit the car, explode, and then send this like tungsten dart through the car. It wouldn't liquefy the people inside, but it would be like a basically a shotgun blast on the other side of that that bullet. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not on the receiving end of any of that. <laughs> no kidding. So I remember when I was like 1990 was when I was in the military and it wasn't quite the javelin and it wasn't, didn't look as heavy, but I can't remember what the name of it, it was. Lars or Mars was the acronym for it. And it was a missile. Um, it was a, it was a, 
a missile and it was guided by wire. So it was a thin wire, 5,000 feet, I think was the, was the distance on it. And you had to hold the, the dot against the, the actual um, target. Um, so that way you could guide the, the missile by wire going through. It's been a while and I don't think they've used that. Oh, it's an AT, ATV, AT, yeah, something like that. Anyways, anti-tank round, AT, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was way, way too long ago, 30 plus years. So, um, yeah, kudos to them. But that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff. Like, where's the inventory? It's a lot of javelins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's so, actually in, in the second Iraq war in 2003. That just absolutely devastated Saddam's tank army because we had these things. We could hide behind a mountain, shoot it off, and destroy an entire tank column with it and that was it was it was literally like shooting fish in a barrel like they, they didn't stand a chance Can you imagine yeah. like oh nuts we don't have rounds to shoot that far so we can't <laughs> creep up on them in a tank and they're just yeah. eliminating us from from miles away so yeah uh, so i i know they had those mounted on the on the bradley machines because the bradley machines normally have a a 50 50 caliber um um round on them but i know like they were using javelins of, of, or, or something like that like i said correct me if i'm wrong anyone out there um but it, it was a very similar type rocket propelled it was it would shoot two and then they'd have to get out and reload um i was watching some of the tank battles on that and my brother-in-law um joe he he would tell me about that kind of stuff pretty cool so yeah but back to your point so i, I don't think any of that 40 billion is going into cyber as far as i know this is this is a hundred percent volunteer online <laughs> army that's launching these DDoS attacks to disrupt the alcohol flow. I don't know. I think you're gonna see like huge like Ixia breaking point PO come through, <laughs> throwing this stuff out on the internet edge, taking who, them out. So that's a good question. So the p- people on this podcast, the people we work with, were so ingrained on the defensive side. Who would be the vendors on the offensive side? Like if you were to cut a PO, it would be like an Ixia device. Like who who does the offensive stuff? Cobalt Strike. Who does testing? You could essentially turn a, a turn a testing device into into something that could DDoS something, right? You just have to t- give it where the target would be. Yeah, I mean, I would think it'd be like U.S. Cyber Command. Like they're the only people, the only you know official people that can quote hack back or do defend forward like i don't i don't think they could hire like mandiant so mandiant has you know a, a decent red team could the government hire mandiant and say hey go go attack these guys like i, I don't think so they could they can't legally do that they probably have their own red team that yeah cyber command yeah cyber yeah. command are there any any are there any innocent victims from the russia side in this ddos like is the alcohol going to go bad? Is someone not going to eat that day? I'm just curious. No, I, I think that's why the Ukraine IT army curates their lists specifically. So like the Kremlin website, their Ministry of Finance, the Ministry of Defense, and websites like this alcohol distribution. I think they they don't want the innocent victims being uh, influenced or being in, uh impacted by it. So they won't attack like a grocery store or something like that, but they'll attack, you know, their 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 military or or the Kremlin's yeah. website, but if I'm not mistaken, like Russia is having their own issues right now with supply chain, right? So you know, shells are bare. People are fighting over the last bits of IKEA furniture. 
you know, many of the U.S. Western stores have pulled out. Um, so, you know, no place for them to go eat Taco Bell or Burger King or McDonald's. Um, yeah, it's those crippling sanctions. Even if they could get stuff sent to them, they can't pay them. Like they're just yeah. cut off from the world's financial system. It's good to hear they're not tar- targeting Boris's barbecue joint. That's great. Yeah, I think the barbecue is uh, is safe for now, Uncle Barbecue. <laughs> All right, for our second topic, May 5th, which just passed, was known as World Password Day. Now, despite having this holiday every year, we're still continuing to see successful attacks against companies due to poor password hygiene, password reuse, credential stuffing attacks, and just an abysmal adoption of, of multi-factor authentication. So I think we need more than just password awareness day. We also need patch your software day, don't reuse passwords day, enable multi-factor authentication day, disable dormant accounts day, block access to RDP day, and the like. What holidays would you guys like to see implemented and how do we fix this password issue? Chris, you ignorant slut. May 5th is Cinco de Mayo. Like, how dare you try to attribute (laughs) this to weak passwords? No, just kidding. Uh, That's actually a good question. Like, maybe uh, National Brush Your Teeth Day. I've ran into some people that got some funk going on, so I'm down for that. They could benefit from that. But password reuse is a real pain in dad's side inside the Deech household. I can't tell you how many times that... uh, like I opened up like uh, the notes app on my kids' phone. And there's just a, a password that they use for everything. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I, we're on a family last pass thing, right? Like this. Like, is what am I guys. paying for this for? Yeah, that is hilarious. Or at least yeah. even use the Apple keychain. Do something. Yeah, yeah. Hey, That'd well, so longer. so October is Cybersecurity Month. You would think that maybe in in that month they would have dedicated days within the month to to do or organize those things right so you know like how about anti uh set up your email um clean your email anti-phishing day i don't know what you would do for anti-phishing day because you just need to set up something where set up some rules i don't know but like i said it's, it's kind of out there yeah a lot of industries ours included require mandatory user awareness training but you know people just do that to check the box like they, they can't spot a phishing email and, and and to their credit too some of these phishing emails are incredibly sophisticated but some are just dumb like you know we lock your paypal account click here to unlock it or maybe it's don't open your email day <laughs> <laughs> i can get behind that one you can't get fished if you don't read your emails that's uh, right <laughs> select here's, here's all. the secret everyone yeah if the email comes in it doesn't say brian comma it goes straight to my trash. <laughs> it's select all delete. <laughs> I worked at a company. They did a they did a red teaming phishing test on us, and I, I've always lived here on the West Coast. And then they they sent it out at like six a.m. my time, so yeah, you know, I wasn't quite online quite yet. Uh, a bunch of people on the East Coast got hit, and then by like seven o'clock, the email came out. I was like, oh yeah, this is just a red teaming test. And like, hey, I passed. You know, I didn't open my email, I didn't click on the link, and I passed just because I was probably still asleep. That's awesome. I used to be one of those people as a jerk that would just every every email that came in that was like kind of like 
oh my gosh, I really have to do time uh, timekeeping on my day to day job. Like I would just forward it on to my manager and then to SecOps. Like, yeah, I think this is a phishing thing. <laughs> so, so that's interesting, right? So these these teaming events. I remember um, they they sent it out, and a whole bunch of us decided to take that email, um, put put it inside of our lab, and explode it there. Um, and, and detonate it there and, and see if what see what we could catch. And the report came back that like a whole bunch of SCs had clicked on the link and we were used as like, hey, that they, they, they clicked on this link, so we take credit for that. And I'm like, no dummies. We we saw it. We knew it. Uh, yeah. we, we detonated it just so, so we could see what it was. So no, you don't get credit for us, right? So <laughs> yeah, so speaking of speaking of idiots, uh, Chris, I want you to answer this truthfully. What was Hunter Biden's laptop password again? Am I allowed to say it on the show? No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I was about to say, like, is it, maybe if is, you spell is, it, and spell it with, uh, with, uh, phonetically. with uh, phonetically, or with with the uh, symbols that uh, resemble uh, word, uh, letters, you, we can get away with that. You know? I think Brian's trying to either get me banned or demonetized again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is anytime I have to call like an, an airline, I'm like, yeah, if you ask for your reservation number, I'm like, oh, I'll say it to you phonetically. And then I don't use any of the proper ways. The of NATO alphabet. You mean the yeah, military, like, the military NATO yeah. alphabet. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's Apple and then Boris and then, you know, KitKat. They're like, what the heck is wrong with you, man? Yahtzee. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best here. Doing my best. <laughs> And, and speaking of that, I, I got banned on Twitter, of all things. I, I logged in the other day because I was doing some testing in my in my home lab. And uh, yeah, I, I, I looked at it and it says, you are not allowed to post anything because you've been banned. And it's like, guys, how did I get banned? I've never posted anything. That, thanks, that, Elon. Yeah, thanks. How did that happen? <laughs> So I, uh, I sent an email frustrated. I sent an email to their, you know, their response team. And um, I said, how, how do I get banned? Exactly like that. How do I get banned? I've never posted anything. And then the response came back pretty quickly the next day. That was, okay, we've unbanned you. But it's still, huh. how did you ban me? Right? Is it because of inactivity? Yeah. Maybe. But That's I always odd. log in. So how has Twitter gone too far? Yeah. That. Yeah. You know what it is? Password reuse. You're probably logging in from China and Russia. They're like, oh, we got banned this. There you go. Impossible travel. Could be. You know, I'm doing all kinds of crazy things with that browser. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For our third story, you guys want to buy an HQ computer or a doll computer? Bloomberg is reporting that China is forcing government agencies and state-backed industries in China to start transitioning off foreign-made computers in favor of hardware and software sourced from China. The firms hit the hardest would be HP, Dell, and Microsoft. Over the next few years, as many as 50 million foreign-made machines would have to be swapped out for a model made in China. This directive comes as tensions between China and the West have never been higher, and the U.S. sanctioned and punished state-owned Huawei, and China had no choice but to still continue buying American-made computers. A lack of clear alternatives made switching more difficult, but now that Lenovo is Chinese-owned and Kingsoft Corporation has made great strides in making a Chinese version of Microsoft Office and Adobe products, a clear alternative is now available. 
No word on what types of chips will be used since US-based Intel and AMD still dominate the processor market. And China has wanted to get off the Made in America Windows operating system for years in favor of a China-developed distribution of Linux. Will this finally be the year that Linux takes over in China? Okay, wait. I, I don't get it because Dell, HP, all these devices are still somewhat made in, made in China. China. <laughs> so I don't get it. <laughs> Just like Deech's shirt. Like it's... Uh... <laughs> oh, how dare you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is really made in America, dude. Uh, you know, look at this. I just, you know, in typical China fashion, right? They just said, find and replace, copy and paste, right? They're just going to do the next best thing, uh, copy someone else's stuff and make it their own. So, yeah, it, when you send an HQ computer, are you trying to like HP or like? Yeah, like, no, like a knockoff. <laughs> you know, how they have those those Chinese brands that are all one letter off from American brands. Yeah. How hard do you think it would be for them to make their own version of an Intel or AMD processor? They've probably already done it. <laughs> yeah, they they, they really? either stolen or copied the designs. So the manufacturing is probably the hard part. Um, I, I I was thinking more of the line since they are switching to Linux, they could switch to ARM, so they can use an ARM-based processor instead of x86. How, how intertwined though? Here. How intertwined are the two economies based off of this? Right, if you look at it from you know consumer goods right this is this is just going to keep escalating we've already stopped with Huawei, but that i thought it was an understanding that we stopped using the huawei um because they actually created backdoors like there there hasn't been any proof from the chinese side that we've done anything of the sort with dell or with hp devices right no proof but they they're saying we don't want to take the chance i mean that i, I guess that's the official state reason and then the unofficial state reason is they don't want to keep supporting America or they want to use it as leverage in, in trade talks, one or the other. This is still Trump's thing. It's not America first, it's China first now. Is that what they're trying to do here? <laughs> yeah. Make, Take make, a page out of his book. Make China great again. <laughs> well, I, I think that's an actual initiative within mainland China. It's called like China 2025 or something where they wow. want 100, uh, or not 100%, but a great majority of stuff to be you know, sourced and made in, in China. Stop relying on foreign foreign governments uh, you know china's is getting a little little big for the bridges someone might have to go over there and slap them around you know what i'm saying yeah but that i actually read a story that said currently so as of today as of you know the data recording 328 million people within china are locked down right now so beijing shanghai shenzhen which when you think about it, is the entire population of the u.s that's how many people are locked not just locked down like we had lockdowns like you can't even leave your house or your apartment locked down. Yeah, like tape your windows shut also, right? They've got security tapes on doors and windows to validate if you've left your home. They have drones flying around. Like if they spot you on your balcony without a mask, they'll use a drone, do facial recognition, find out who you are, and then deduct the fine from your state-owned bank account. Yeah. Damn. That's why I, I love know, America. I find out the... <laughs> yes. <laughs> A lot of people are going to find out if that uh, those marriage is going to work and be locked down like that. <laughs> six weeks. It's been six weeks that they've been locked down. So yeah, that's yeah. You want to talk about testing a relationship? I just would have jumped out the window. Not because I couldn't be married, right? I got that. That's locked in. But like being stuck in a my house for six weeks, mm -mm, I'm out. I'm gonna do something different. Yeah. And then you, then you can, times. That'll be 
six weeks where they could develop the the Chinese version of Linux. Then, well, China, or I'm sorry, Linux is about to have a great year coming up. So yeah. good for them. Yeah, potentially. Long time coming. Wait, wait, wait! But isn't that run? Oh, it's Red Hat that's owned by IBM now, right? So they, they Shh, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> they just use the kernel anyway. They they build their own. They'll roll their own. Yeah. Yeah, they roll their own code. All right. Yeah. Okay, well, before we jump into our last topic, I got some listener feedback um, on episode 58, the one we had with Macho Man, where we talked about consumer-grade routers only lasting about three years. Uh, I actually had a listener contacting me saying his Wi-Fi router was more than three years old and was contemplating uh, replacing it because he had been experiencing slow speeds around his house. Well, he actually went out and brought a brand new mesh Wi-Fi system, and his speed jumped up 6x, so... You're welcome. The PebCAC podcast has helped supercharge our listeners' Wi-Fi, and thanks for the note, Tim. Wow, 600 megs per second. What a time to be alive. But wait, hold on. Did he did he just test rebooting first to see if it would just clear up cache on the on the device? I'm sure he did, but yeah, the, based on based on the layout of his house and you know switching to mesh and switching to modern Wi-Fi. I think all those contributed to the significant increase in speed. I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial per Glenn's request. And as you can tell, I'm extremely enthusiastic about talking about this. So let me lay out some facts for the people that have not been following along, myself and Brian included. I actually had to look this up. Johnny Depp filed a defamation case against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, and the trial is taking weeks to complete. So here in America, there's something called defamation, where if you say something, no, you knowingly say something incorrect about someone in, in public, uh, then you can, be, you can be sued for damage, if that person can prove what you said uh, caused damages to them. So the couple uh, split up in 2016, but have continued to battle in court over an op-ed that Amber Heard wrote for the Washington Post in 2018, in which she describes surviving domestic violence without mentioning Johnny Depp by name. So Johnny Depp is suing for $50 million in damages and denies ever being physically violent with Amber Heard. Heard is counter-suing for $100 million and claims she was only ever violent with Depp in self-defense or defense of her younger sister. So I'm going to turn this over to Glenn so you can lay this out for us. Yeah, I, I don't think I'll, I, I've been watching it passively uh, with interest because I, I live with four women in the house. And so it's always a topic of discussion. Um, what's interesting for this is that, you know, I think that the, the trial lawyers, I mean, the trial lawyers, the lawyers for each side representing uh, have, have, have both been, you know, on point and not on point. Um, and the judge has been very clear about making sure that each side has an amount of time dedicated to their line of questioning and it's being um, recorded. So if, if a defense takes five minutes um, to, uh, to answer questions or do a rebuttal, that gets marked off their time. And the, the judge has been very strict about following that time. Kudos to them, right? Because we don't want this thing to, to, to splay out into over months. And I think what they're, they're saying is that they want this thing to end, um, I think, sometime in May. So I think the like the ninth, the ninth or the, the 17th of May is what I was reading. Um, 
really cool because we're not going to get you know put over the long haul on this as far as having to listen to this over and over again um the the first stuff was the plaintiff and they had to uh, uh they had johnny go up there and, and johnny's detail of uh, recanting um instances where you know he had to bring up his livelihood where you know as a child he grew up and was was in situations of abuse and so therefore you know he was living that and he didn't want um you know he didn't want to to have that go through him and he wanted to to save his marriage as much as, as much as possible and his his stories are very vivid like hey you know i did this um, we went through, I loved her. I, you know, we went through these situations and he was, you know, talking from emotions. Whereas Amber, um, when she came up to trial, her, her things were of generality, right? And not only that, but the, or a bunch of holes in what she was saying, like, you know, she had to use a specific makeup to cover her, her, uh, her bruises when in fact the deal with that makeup company didn't happen until two years after, you know, the, the incident that occurred, so you're like, what's going on here? And then you hear her testimony, and her testimonies are again very general in nature. Um, they had b- both of them supplied a a a, a counselor or a, a psych, you know, psychologist of some, some uh, with some background in in um, in 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 what do you call that in um like domestic violence domestic issues. violence yeah and both of them agreed that well the first one um johnny's uh johnny's side uh actually described amber heard as having two personalities um and the the defense side uh, their 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 um counselor mentioned that johnny had been abused and you know there was something to the effect that amber um may or may not have been right so again just lots of things going back and forth but if you look if you hear some of the things that are going on even if you hear her testimony it's she's not very convincing and it all sounds just just like she's it's fabricated so i'll stop there i'm sure there are other other listeners that are listening to this going what is he talking about but it's all on youtube yeah essentially i didn't hear any of the stuff about the uh domestic violence as a, as a child and uh <clears throat> having been that kid that was abused too, one of the things that you find out as you become an adult is that uh, you you can kind of carry that on, right? Like you have a high probability of being the abusive husband or the abusive uh, dad, right? Which is terrifying when you think about it. And so I remember early on uh, when I was finding out I was becoming a dad and a husband, I was like, man, like I don't really have a good reference point on what to do, but I know 100% what not to do right so that's always been kind of my my guiding light in the in the sky of like you know like how do i handle these situations in life to make sure i don't turn out to be that that freaking monster you know what i mean yeah you're gonna be the one to break the cycle yeah i, I grew up in an asian family i'm not gonna lie to you um whoopings were of 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 everyday consequence <laughs> for me so if i if i dulled my pencil i got an whooping if i if i you know, wore my shoes in the house, that was of uh, a consequence, right? So if I didn't clean my room, that was of consequence. So it was, it was, it was harsh, but it's what I knew. And I'm not a bad person today. Um, I did um, start that way in my parenting style, but soon realized that it's not, um, 
it's not it's not it's not good for the kids so yeah it's counterproductive yeah so I, I will tell my kids i do apologize i, I was uh I, I didn't have the greatest examples of fatherhood when i was growing up but uh, i hopefully mm-hmm. i have learned that and like i said i do apologize to my kids for anything any discretions that i've had so have maybe you... i go turn a buddhist like uh like uncle joe or like tiger joe, tiger. Tiger. <laughs> joe the tiger so <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you guys have ever showed, uh, shared the story with you guys, but uh, early on, I, I had these things called the, the daddy-daughter talk. Like, my daughters can come. I have a son, too, but it was never really a thing with him. He's not, yeah. He wasn't as emotional. So the girls can come talk to me, learn about anything. And my goal there was never to justify, just listen, right? And so I get headed out on a trip, going to my, in my daughter's rooms, and I'm saying goodbye, and I step on a wet towel. I'm like, ah, oh, man. It's like, you know, I hate it when you leave wet towels on the floor because it makes smells and then it gets the, 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 you know, the, the carpet, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Give her a hug goodbye. Jump on a plane. I'm gone. A couple weeks later, my daughter comes into the office. She's like, we need to have dead daughter talk. I'm like, all right, let's have this conversation. So she sits down and she's got like these alligator tears immediately. She's like, it really hurt me when you said that you hated me. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> oh no. I get yeah, the so same had, thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, and then that's where you gotta apologize, right? I was like, listen, I would I don't hate you. I love you, right? I, I hated the towel on the floor. You have to, you know what I mean? Like it's this it was one of those things. But thank God we had that because Lord knows how long she probably would have held on to it, right? She held on to it for at least two weeks. Uh can't imagine going into your, you know, adulthood listening to a lie like that in, in your head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well it's good that you at least be open and have that open communication. That's not something that's as common, I would, I would, I would say, being able to have those types of conversations with your your children. But at least she felt comforted enough to know, be able to to come to you and talk to you and know that you wouldn't react poorly to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, I really hate you. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll I'll point this out, and um, I, you know, my kids say I, I've done some things, I've done some wrongs for them, and it's like, okay, great, I learned it from my dad. I had my dad. I felt like my my parents did did some things that weren't that great when I was growing up. And, you know, it, it was to the tune, like if I did something bad, they'd make me pull my pants down and my dad would take this special belt out that I had to go get. And he would just, he would just spank me. Right. Um, and when you get the belt was the worst. And, and I'll tell you right now, I probably deserved it. I, I broke something. I did something. I cost them something and I deserved it. I can, I cannot imagine what my parents went through growing up with their parents on what they did to them growing up. So, I, 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 you know, a different frame of mind. It's like they grew up in a different time. And if he was trying to be better than, than what his parents did, I can't imagine what his parents did to him. Yeah, I, I think that's probably part of, of what his defense is going to be because I think he, he called like character witnesses. Like he was, uh, he was an ex-girlfriend or, or one of his, his past marriages. And, and they said, no, you know, Johnny's never been mm-hmm. abusive to, towards me. He's been you know, very loving and they... They both like you know called character witnesses on on both sides. You know Johnny Depp did struggle with addiction, alcohol abuse, and and the like, and he got help for that. Uh, but he he's you know, called people to, to defend him on his behalf. That says yeah, he was never he was never this way. Like what she's saying about him just doesn't add up. Yeah, and even I mean some of the people that came to Johnny Depp's defense. The stories that they had were like, well, did you know the the defense would would go and question the supporting folks like his mic guy, right? His audio guy. He goes, well, did you know that he 
had you your name specifically in contract that you had to be paid a certain amount he goes I didn't know it's I'm not pervy to that I just get the standard the standard um, union rate for audio guy for 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 whatever it is he goes did you, and they're like did you know he named you specifically and it was like I don't know. I didn't know, right? And he goes, and they're like, because you know what they were trying to point out was, you know, they that Johnny was buying his his um, his um, his um, his um, what do you call that? His um, his testimony. His, uh, his testimony, and it was like trying to pay him off. It, it and it made it the defense sounded so stupid because it was like, wow, Johnny's a really caring guy that he would go out of his way to make sure that you know certain people were named in contract in order to make sure that, you know, they, they had a livelihood. Right. And, and yeah, a lot of them said it. Like, yeah. They were being taken care of. Care of. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like Johnny Depp carries his Jack Sparrow costume anywhere he travels, even for leisure. He always carries his, his Jack Sparrow costume in case there's like a children's hospital there and he, he'll go there and visit. Like that's a known thing that he does. Yeah. That's very cool. Talk about that's a very real cool. all around good guy. Yeah. <laughs> we're nothing compared to Johnny. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the, the verdict of this trial will, We'll, yeah. we'll say otherwise, but we don't we don't know what'll come from it. So, so Glenn, in your house is is Amber Heard's name actually Amber Turd, like it is at my house? <laughs> it's it's she who will not be named in the house. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, I don't know similar. anybody that's pro pro Amber. Everything else is behind so, Team Johnny Depp. Yeah, flip this around, and we may get some flack for this, right? The, the, this whole started, at, and then the Me Too movement jumped in with Amber's on Amber's side. I haven't heard so much about where the Me Too movement is now with what's going on, especially with all the, you know, the testimony that's happened so far. I haven't really followed any of that or seen them in any of this. I know she fired her like publicity team after all the negative stuff that that came out from the trial. Yeah, so I know that's not going well for her. Yeah, I have no idea. I haven't looked at it. The only, the only other thing that I've seen is her like wiping her nose and what looks to be like a, a quick bump, <laughs> if you yeah. know what I mean. I'm like, wait. Yeah, that's in making the rounds. <laughs> All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian is up. Alrighty, team. Let's see what I got here. I have a bunch. I've been throwing them in my notes. I hear them all the time. All right. So I recently found out hard to even say this my wife has been cheating on me last night she'll be she said she'll be home in 15 minutes max my name is brian all right let's wrap things up believe in second chances ukraine's it army is trying to cut off the alcohol supply in russia World Password Day came and went, and absolutely nothing has changed since last year. China is looking to build their own hardware and software to reduce reliance on the West. And I don't care enough about celebrity gossip. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the PebCAC podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Thank you, everyone. May the fifth be with you. There you go. Fifth of vodka.